Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. The show is heard on WBCQ, The Planet, every Monday and Thursday evenings, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also get some of these uh, shows on our YouTube channel. We do occasionally uh, some, at least those that, uh, those that have interviews. Usually when I'm going solo, I don't post them. And let's see, also uh, on our Podomatic page, I just go to Podomatic.com and pump in, uh, put in Camp Constitution, and uh, you'll get many of our shows as well as a lot of Sam Blumenfeld uh, recording speeches that the late great Sam Blumenfeld made over the oh I don't know since the maybe late 70s up until the early 2000s a lot of his great timeless recordings and they be quite popular we're getting a lot of downloads and a lot of listens and such uh, this show is brought to you by Camp Constitution which among other things runs a week-long family camp and this year's camp is returning to the Singing Hills Christian Camp and Retreat Center in Plainfield, New Hampshire, which is about an hour north and east, actually north and west of Concord, New Hampshire, uh, not too far from the Connecticut River and uh, White River Junction, Vermont, just uh, maybe 20 minutes away from there. Uh, we have a great lineup of instructors and lots of uh, great fun uh, and instruction, marksmanship, hiking, swimming, volleyball, and uh, some great classes. Some, some of the top instructors on various topics, uh, Pastor David Whitney, Reverend Stevie Kraft, um, let's see, Mrs. Catherine White, Debbie Batricalupi, Professor Willie Soon, just to name a few. So visit our website, campconstitution.net, and if you'd like to help support our ministry. I think ministry is the accurate word for what we do. Please um, visit our website. Uh, you can make a donation through our PayPal account, or if you can become a sponsor, if you have a business or a nonprofit, for just a short amount of a uh, short donation, a small donation, uh, we can put your business or your nonprofit on our sponsors page. So with that, I want to just, I got a number of things here to discuss, so a little bit of a little potpourri. Uh, first thing, um, Last week I discussed the Article 5 Convention, something that has been uh, a, a very important issue to Camp Constitution. Since we love the Constitution, we do not want to see it rewritten. We want to see it um, really, re not revised, but uh, rediscovered. That might be a better word for it. And uh, there are some organizations that are working very hard to have what they call an Article 5 Convention or a Constitutional Convention. Uh, one of the groups is Convention of States, founded by Mr. Mark Meckler. Now, Mr. Meckler comes from this Tea Party Patriot group, but he sort of popped out really out of nowhere. He was uh, a real estate attorney, I believe, and he, he and his wife were selling Shakely products. I guess they were very successful in multi-level marketing. And next thing you know, he's head of this Tea Party Patriots group, and then he broke away from that. In fact, I interviewed um, his his um, 
the lady who co-founded the group. I think she's a really good uh, lady. Anyway, he broke away from that, and he popped up at Harvard University Law School of 2011, where he held in September 2011, where he co-sponsored a conference on the Constitutional Convention, along with uh, Professor uh, uh, Larry, uh, I don't know his last name, but a Harvard left-wing professor, um, Larry, uh, his name will come to me. Anyway, um, they, uh, they hosted this event, and then he went on to found the Convention of States. Now, um, the man, he, uh, Larry, again, I've just got a mental block, but this fellow was a left-wing professor uh, who advocated um, rewriting the Constitution. So that's the kind of folks that Mark likes to associate himself with. And this event that was billed as, uh, we want to hear both sides, this is a discussion. Well, I think it was very lopsided. I think there was only one 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 or two people that were allowed to speak against it. One one of them was uh, Lawrence Tribe, who was a professor at Harvard University. So I guess it would be a little difficult not to invite him. I tried to get credentialed. I I tried to become a panelist. They wouldn't even return my call. I did go there with media credentials, so I was able to uh, bump into Chink Uger, who was in very Larry uh, Lawrence, uh, Larry, this professor that co-sponsored it. And I didn't know who Cenk Uger was at the time, and I was able to sort of uh, capture on video an interview that um, Uger was having with Larry, uh, this professor, um, and they both laughed about a runaway convention, like they wanted one. They, you know, hey, they deny that a runaway so-called could never happen, and I got that on video. Anyway, Uger went on to form a group called Wolfpack. And Uger is a rather detestable and contemptible human being. Uh, he was running for Congress uh, in California, and he came out and endorsed bestiality. And that's how, that's how bad some of these people are. Even Bernie Sanders had to walk away from him. I'm sure bestiality will become the norm six months from now, a year from now, as the left progresses, the leftists degenerate even more and more. But today it's still considered taboo. But, you know, two or three years from now, it may be uh, just uh, more more accepted, just like uh, you know, 20 years ago, the notion of 20 genders was absurd. Now, if you don't embrace at least 20 genders, maybe 50 genders, you're some kind of evil, racist, hate mongering uh, transphobe. Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit here. Anyway, uh, so uh, Meckler went on to form Convention of States and uh, obviously raised enough money to have uh, a full-time staff and have lobbyists all over the country. And they were successful in getting a number of resolutions passed as state houses. And in order to have a convention, you need to have two-thirds of the states apply for a convention. And then um, once a convention is held, three-fifths of the states have to approve of any amendments. But of course, there's all kinds of potential problems with that. But I can respect people who may think a convention is a great, way, a great way to solve some of the problems. There are some well-meaning people who believe that. I strongly disagree with that. I think it will be a disaster, and I think the problem isn't that we need new amendments. I think we need to obey the articles and amendments that we already have. I think that would be a first start. Uh, we have, if we had a constitutional budget, we wouldn't have to worry about balanced budgets. If we had people who took their oaths serious, we wouldn't have to have problems with a runaway Congress. 
uh, if the voters understood the Constitution, perhaps they wouldn't be keep turning, uh, returning people like Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders to office, who really hate this country and want to see it destroyed, but they keep voting for these same people, thinking that they're somehow doing the right thing. Uh, so that's where the solution lies. It doesn't lie in rewriting the Constitution. But what Convention of States has done since its very founding is that it attacks, it viciously attacks patriots who oppose an Article 5 Convention. They go to great lengths. They, uh, they call us that we have the blood of innocent babies on our hands. They call us all kinds of vile things. And just recently, uh, they went after Mr. Robert Brown of Montana, and Mr. Brown had been a former colleague of mine uh, while we worked in the, we were both field reps for the John Birch Society. Uh, Robert left like I did, and Robert uh, has his own private business. He's got a large family, and he has a painting business, I guess uh, exterior painting. But he spends a lot of time as a patriot uh, trying to prevent an Article 5 convention, and he d gives expert testimony. Now, recently, Convention of States wrote an article uh, really mocking him and ridiculing him. So them, they must really fear him. And so what, article, what the Convention of States is doing is trying to destroy people's reputations. And they do this uh, just because they see them as a threat. So instead of just refuting the argument, let them do that. They, they try to do that. They have to go after the, the person who's testifying and destroy their reputation. That, to me, is despicable. And I would say that if you are supporting an Article 5 convention, I would say, first of all, I would say change your position, but have nothing to do with this despicable human being and his organization that goes after patriots. Fellow, they're supposed to be conservative Christians, yet they're vilifying, they're, they're violating one of the Ten Commandments, bearing false witness. You know, that's, that's, one, that, that's one big issue right there. You know, why don't they just stick to the issue and not worry about whether or not Robert Brown is a constitutional, whether or not he has a law degree? I mean, what they said is that he doesn't have a law degree. And he testified recently, uh, I don't know if it was Montana or Wyoming, and someone asked him about his credentials. He said, I know how to read. And, of course, he was obviously being a little humorous there, maybe facetious, simply meaning I can read the Constitution, I can read the, the pros and cons of the issue and draw conclusions based on that. But you don't have to have a law degree. Mr. Meckler is a real estate attorney. Now, I hired, recently hired a real estate attorney. They're really handy to have when you need to do title searches and issues with property you're trying to purchase. Uh, some of them may know a lot about the Constitution, some may not, but being a real estate attorney does not make you a constitutional scholar. And uh, I know Robert Brown has appeared at hearings with Meckler, and Meckler, Meckler didn't know a lot of things, a lot of history of the Constitution, history of amendments, and Robert Brown did. So Meckler doesn't like that. You see, he's an arrogant, and he, and he has this elitist appeal. If you're not a law, lawyer, why are you even bothering testifying? That's not what the Constitution was supposed to be about. It wasn't written to be uh, interpreted by high priests with law degrees. See? And that's one of the major flaws, and that's why you really do not want to have an Article 5 convention and have the likes of Mark Meckler have any impact on our Constitution. So uh, we have lots of information on that. If you go to our website, you can download. Uh, if you go to our download section, we have uh, a couple of like one-page, uh, two-sided, one-page uh, articles uh, we have some pamphlets, and we have even we even have 
longer articles, maybe 10 or 15 or 20 pages. But I think just a one-pager, a two-sided one-pager, I think is enough to give to your elected officials uh, just say, hey, uh, let's not support one here. Um, I know in here in New Hampshire, uh, they've spent tons and tons of money in the last 10 years, uh, maybe eight years, uh, with no success. Um, Wolfpack, Convention of States, and it seems like the more money they spend and the more nasty they get, the fewer votes they get. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, the executive committee, uh, sorry, the committee that heard the hearing, the Veterans and Federal Affairs Committee uh, will be voting uh, on it, on it uh, next sometime. I think next Friday. I think is what's going to happen. Anyway, what else on the agenda? QAnon. Uh, there's a uh, entity called Nextdoor.com. I guess they call it micro uh, social media. Now it's a national, maybe even international group, but it's set up to uh, be in your neighborhood. So, let's say you live uh, where well, I used to live in the West Roxbury section of Boston. And there are little neighborhoods in West Roxbury, uh, Bellevue Hill and Chestnut Hill and all these other little places. And so uh, it's a good place. It has some merit. I mean, you can you want to sell something. You're looking for a babysitter, looking for a dog walker, looking for a carpenter, electrician, or a plumber. You want to give something away or whatever, things like this. It does a good job. But every now and then, uh, some of the leftists like to put their political content on there. And somebody posted a petition against QAnon that that they should be taken off social media sites because they're racist or a hate group or whatever. So um, a few people challenged that uh, person that posted it, and I asked a question: What makes QAnon a hate group? I think it's a reasonable question to ask. Now, personally, I I've heard about QAnon. I don't know since 2015, maybe or 16. I, I, uh, somewhere around there, maybe a little bit later. And uh, it's supposed to be made up of either past uh, government officials, military officials, retired military, uh, currently current military that are quiet about their patriotism but are working to undermine the deep state. And it sounds very intriguing, and I have some friends who really think it's a legitimate group, that, um, that they really have this influence. Some even suggest that Donald Trump is the head of QAnon. I don't know. I tend to doubt it. I know that I heard about all these hundreds of thousands of sealed, sealed indictments from in every state. Uh, Massachusetts had like 10,000, and this state had 5,000. And I thought, and these were going after all the bad guys, uh, and I was, you know, thinking, well, I hope it's true, but I don't think so. And here we are, of course, uh, Trump is out of office, and I don't know how many of those sealed indictments were ever... Uh, ever uh, used I don't so I don't put much stock in it but to say they're a hate group you have to demonstrate what exactly uh, who are they hating I mean if they do they hate blacks do they hate whites do they hate Puerto Ricans are they are they anti-semitic or you know show some information so a lady said oh well the, the Southern Poverty Law Center they're the ones that say they're a hate group so gee, they must be a hate group hmm really Southern Poverty Law Center, started by a man named Morris Dees, who what used to be a white supremacist, by the way, in his earlier days. Um, I would say that uh, they, they've raised a lot of money. They're worth millions of dollars. I've heard up, up to almost a half a billion dollars. Maybe not that much, but quite a lot of money. I don't know where the poverty comes in, because they certainly aren't a poverty-stricken organization by any stretch. And what they do is that uh, they scare... 
they use their influence to scare white liberals, mainly upper-middle-class liberals who uh, have lots of money, and they get support from foundations and other entities. At uh, one time, they used to uh, have a line to the FBI. The FBI would say, hey, what do you have on this group or that group? The FBI has since uh, disassociated themselves because they're so discredited. Uh, they have this thing called a hate map. If you visit their website, you'll see uh, state by state all of these hate groups. And they got these, le- these liberals thinking, oh, my goodness, there's neo-Nazis behind every bush. You know, they used to criticize uh, anti-communists. Oh, you think there's a communist behind every tree. But these folks have you thinking that every, there's, there's gangs of ra- racist gangs living in the suburbs ready to pounce on the inner city. Uh, every cop is a, is a neo-Nazi. Every prison guard is a neo-Nazi. Even if you're black and you don't go along with the far-left agenda, you're a neo-Nazi. You're a race traitor. On and on. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, a man named Lard Wilcox, who uh, University of Kansas, I don't know if he's maybe retired by now, uh, he's been a, he's a leftist, uh, but he's an or oh, I should say a liberal, and he's been tracking right wing groups, left wing groups for many years now. And he wrote a book. Oh, I should say more of a it was more of a, a lengthy article, but it was not in a book form. It's one of those spiral bound hate crime hoaxes. He went to great length to document hate crime hoaxes around the country, going back to the nine even 80s and 90s. Uh, Tawana Browley was a, uh, one of the big examples. Um, there was another lady, uh, oh, the, the lady in, um, who was accused, she accused a uh, group of athletes, uh, I forget what, the lacrosse team of raping her. Um, there was a black lesb- handicapped lesbian in Washington State, I believe it was, uh, who was accused, who accused, uh, she accused white supremacists of assaulting her when that was a, a total lie. And on and on it goes. And uh, because we've had a few hate crime hoaxes recently, uh, the uh, Jesse Smollett in Chicago was a recent example, and, and many other examples. Now there are hate crimes, and they should be denounced. Uh, but uh, they they go to great lengths to uh, make things up or exaggerate a hate crime. And the hate crime map is almost laughable because you look on a map and you you might see some kind of group, you know, white identity group. In, uh, in in Boston, Massachusetts, and you figure out there's a P.O. box that's been closed out 20 years ago, you know. And uh, I think Lard Wilcox said uh, somebody, some old guy with a with a copy of Mein Camp and a P.O. box in Buckhustle, Tennessee, is somehow a a vibrant hate group. So they're frauds, and they're they're stealing money from these scared white liberals. And the white liberals they want to believe this stuff. You know, I guess it, uh, it, it makes them feel empowered. We're exposing hate groups. You know, so uh, it's really in- interesting. So I posted that information. I posted an article uh, about Southern Poverty Law Center. In fact, it was, oh, it was about eight or nine years ago. They went after the Family Institute, which is a D.C.-based Christian organization. And uh, one of their deranged followers uh, went in to uh, shot, shot some man, killed them. But he wanted to go in and shoot everybody. And he said, well, this group's a hate group. They need to be killed. You know, they lied about them. And this is what happens when uh, you tell uh, dangerous lies like this and people believe it. So, uh, so uh, whether or not QAnon is a hate group, I, I tend to think not. They might hate socialism. They might hate communism. I don't think they hate individuals or, or groups of people. Uh, so um, you have to be careful 
when you label somebody uh, a group, an individual or a group a hate group. Uh, it, it causes all kinds of um, all kinds of potential problems. And I, I know the definition of a hate group is any group the left hates. So the, the, that's a hate group in their eyes. And what they want to do is deplatform them, get them fired from their jobs if they're employed. If they have a business, they want to boycott their business, drive them out of business, put them in the streets. Um, and, and it's quite 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 a nasty business. And it's having some impact, although. It's interesting. They were going after Mike Lindell of My Pillow, who uh, advertises quite extensively on numerous uh, Newsmax and uh, radio stations. I mean, the guy must his his advertisement budget alone must be in the millions. And he just came out with a documentary saying there was massive voter fraud in certain states. And uh, so uh, Twitter's taken him off. His personal account, his business account. And these leftists are going after him viciously. Well, you know, because they disagree with the guy. Yeah, the guy has every right. They don't go after. They didn't go after David Rockefeller. They didn't go after Henry Kissinger. They don't go after some of these uh, wealthy elitists. You know, but they go after guys like uh, here's a guy that was a former drug addict, alcoholic, turned his life around, started a business, and he makes his products. He he bought an old factory. He, he hires. He, he, I don't think he cares if you're a liberal or conservative when he hires you. He has a lot of people working for him making these products. He does buy some of his products from Egypt, the, the, the cotton, but then he takes it, to, takes the raw material and turns it into sheets, and that's uh, that's still made in USA. I mean, I said he bought the cotton in the United States, but hey, it is what it is. But he's uh, his, his products are made in the United States of America in Minnesota. And he's hired lots of people, giving him full employment and opportunities that they wouldn't have had. Yet he must be destroyed because we disagree with him. Because he has some money, he's not afraid to spend it. Lots of conservatives out there own businesses, but they're petrified of saying anything. Well, I tell you what, uh, conservative, patriot, Christian businessman, if you are not uh, using your resources to save this country, we're going to lose our country. We're going to lose the free market system. We've already lost a large part of it, so all of your money will be worthless. All of your, you know, your assets won't be worth a thing if we're not successful in the next few years. So, you better start, um, start, start being, stop being the silent majority, and we need to be the vocal majority. Uh, also, uh, yesterday, uh, Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, it's the first time in many years that I did not watch the Super Bowl. I have not watched any sports, with the exception of I was in a, a restaurant, and it was on, uh, the TV was on, I might have glanced at it. But because of the leftist takeover of professional sports, baseball, football, hockey, uh, unfortunately hockey, and <clears throat> basketball, especially basketball, uh, I have... And again, I was not a big fan. I I don't live and breathe for sports like some people do. Uh, but I did enjoy watching a game. I occasionally go to a game. Of course, uh, I don't think with COVID-19, I don't think they will ever, ever uh, have any more large turnouts. They will, um, in, in, in some ways, they deserve that. Um, but the baseball owners, the basketball, many of the players, I think there was only one player that did not bow down to Black Lives Matter. He was a Christian. And most baseball players, not all of them, weren't as bad as the uh, as the professional, the NBA, 
but most of them bow down to Black Lives Matter. The Black Lives Matter, the racist, anti-white, um, anti-American group that want to burn and destroy this country. Corporate America, not all, but lots of corporates, giving them billions of dollars to destroy this country. And I tell people, uh, those of you that put your, you know, those Black Lives Matter signs in front of your business or in front of your, uh, your house, not going to save you. They're going to come after you too because you are, if you're upper middle class white and you have a nice big house, but most of these people where I see these signs, they're going to save you. So um, you can turn all of your money over to Black Lives Matter you can leave. You can move into a shack. Give your home to Black Lives Matter. It doesn't matter. They still hate you. In Lexington, Massachusetts, where I spent some time, um, I might have mentioned this in an earlier show. The Historical Society has a Black Lives Matter banner, and I reached out to them and saying, "Look, you folks do a great job of promoting the wonderful contributions made by the Black Americans, sacrifices that are made by." Uh, Americans and patriots, I said, you really don't need to do this. Didn't matter. Uh, they they doubled down when uh, they responded to me, say we support Black Lives Matter, like thousands of organizations around the country. And I got back to them and I said, here's a couple of examples of local Black Lives Matter leaders in Boston committing racist and violence and hatred. Will you will you um, condemn their actions? One of one of them assaulted a, a man, assaulted a 72 or 72 year old woman, punched her because she had a Trump hat on. I guess that's, uh, that makes you, uh, sub, uh, makes you uh, a victim. It's okay to hit somebody with a Trump hat, especially if she's an old woman. And there was the, the black uh, woman who leads the group, Monica Cannon Grant. She, vi- she viciously assaulted, not, not physically assaulted, but verbally a uh, black lady, uh, Rayla Campbell, a lovely uh, lady who's a friend of mine. She's running. For, she was running for Congress, and she happened to be married to a white man and has uh, children from him. And uh, she just said some disgusting things, which I can't repeat on this uh, radio station. Uh, as a Christian gentleman, I can't repeat it. Fil- filthy, racist things. No one took her to task. She didn't lose any money. The Boston Red Sox didn't dis- disavow her. I'm sure if she was a white woman and she went after a black woman but using that same language, she would have been hounded out of town. She would have lost whatever accolades that any team gave her. But no, not, not uh, John Henry, not the Red Sox. They still have that huge Black Lives Matter sign on Fenway Park. They had it on their field. So they're telling us basically, hey, uh, middle-class America, those of you who buy our tickets, and buy our uh, hats and souvenirs and pay our salaries, screw you. You guys are suckers. Well, fine. We don't need you. In fact, uh, when this pandemic pandemic first started, only essential workers, well, they weren't including athletes or Hollywood actors, too. Movie lots were set down, uh, shut down. Stadiums were shut down. And they only reopened at most stadiums. Uh, nobody's at these games. Or in some cases, you know, small small turnouts, 10%, 20% capacity in some of the more uh, more redder states. But in states like New York and uh, forget it, Minnesota, no one's going to your games, not at all. So um, if that happens, that means you're not going to have the big um, your big paychecks. 
you're not going to make $50 million a year, $100 million by a four-year contract because uh, not sustainable. So you got what you paid for, and uh, that's what it is. So um, I also uh, we got a few minutes left. I'd like to promote our wonderful summer camp, or I should say family camp that takes place in the summer, and some of the other resources that we have with Camp Constitution. Uh, this year's camp, again, as I state at the beginning of each show, uh, July 18th to the 23rd. And when people hear camp, they have different different things, different from their own experiences. Some people think it's only for young people. Some people think it's um, yes, little kids. Some people think we're sleeping in tents. Some who know, you know, people have all different uh, views when it comes to camp. But our camp is a family camp as well as unaccompanied minors. The minors up to the discretion of the parents, but it's usually between, let's say, 11 and 12, up to 17, it would be considered minors. Um, we have whole families, mom, dad, and even we have some, we even have grandparents that come with their uh, grandchildren. Uh, some of the families will have their own rooms, and the rooms are quite comfortable. We are not sleeping in tents. We are not sleeping in, uh, in barracks. Uh, we have more like lodges where the rooms, uh, our family will have their own room. You know, we, rooms maybe hold six to eight people. Each room has its own shower, so it's quite comfortable. Uh, a few rooms have air conditioning. Most of them do not, but we are in a, up on the hills in a wooded area, so it's not, it can get hot outside, but usually inside it can be comfortable. They have fans. So it's, um, and of course, the main room where we have a lot of the classes, that's air conditioned. And a few of the other places, the buildings are already conditioned. So uh, it's not stifling hot in, in July in New Hampshire, generally speaking. Uh, so the conditions are quite comfortable. Now, we do have families that might come, and maybe mom and dad have their own room, and the children or the teenagers would be in the, the dorms, the boys and the girls. We give the girls all of their rooms. We put the boys in the dorms. And uh, so it's, again, quite comfortable. The, uh, we... we uh, this, the, the cost of the tuition or the fee includes meals. We have, of course, three meals, three hot meals a day. The camp starts Sunday afternoon, so we'd have a meal Sunday Sunday night, and it ends uh, after breakfast on Friday morning. So you'll have a breakfast uh, on Friday, then pack up and go home. Um, it's a beautiful song. You can go to the website, uh, singhills.com or dot. Yeah, I think it's dot, dot com or dot, dot org, and you can get information about that. Um, Click the place out for yourself. Visit our YouTube channel and look at our playlist for 2020, Camp Constitution's 2020 playlist. You can see the facilities uh, as well. And if you have any questions about transportation, uh, you know, about instructors or funding, if you need some tuition help, you can just contact us. Visit our website, campconstitution.net. And with that, I want to thank you for listening. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. And until next week, may God richly bless you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.